0: Shots
1: What's going on? This is Jeff Weiss. You're tuning into Shots Fire. Today's episode is the dub anniversary of the Chronic. I'm sitting here next to No Can Do, who's looking very gluttonous after a Thanksgiving that he'll probably want to talk about. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm No Can Do, and You're very uh, excited. I'm, I'm
2: mentally gluttonous. Like I can't really gain weight. My metabolism is really fast, but uh, I just, you know, out of my, I have. All kind of cranberry juice coming out of my pores right now. Cranberry sauce, and uh, I've eaten so many uh, different meats. You know that I
1: feel like I might have a heart attack at any moment. He's been eating quail for the last twenty four hours. If if quail was a fucking pig, yeah. (laughs) Quail. Yeah, that's how rappers do these days. They eat quail. Yeah. um, Balling. You're not even going to ask me about my Thanksgiving. You're not even a true
2: friend. It's not that I'm not a true friend. It's just that I'm just so self-centered. No,
1: Jeff, how was your Thanksgiving? It was wonderful. My grandmother wrote a poem, and I don't know if you guys out there listening to this. I don't know if your grandmothers have ever written poetry, but mine mine likes to write poems about turducken, uh, which... Yeah, that's what. Uh, Did you have a turducken? No, we didn't even have a turducken. But she brought six copies of her turducken poem to read to the table yeah. with no turducken there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and the, it's called an ode to turducken. And um, my grandmother is like a very plump, uh, kind of jo- jolly, mm-hmm. going blind, red-haired woman. And um, she really, she's not like Art Deco. Can and, you just
2: read the poem? No, just read the poem, man. You've ruined it
1: for me now. (laughs) I need the... All right. It it was the night of October 19th, a date I remember well. It was the first time I tasted turducken, a tale I now endeavor to tell. It's been around for centuries, but what kind of brain conceived it? When I tell you how it's prepared, you're never going to believe it. (laughs) <laughs> Insert Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. That was my grandmother's poem, and it goes on for a while, and she, like, I interrupted her, and I was like, Grandma, I think your your in history is not factually accurate. And she's like, Jeffrey! <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> you interrupted me again! Anyways, fuck this.
2: We're talking about I, the I don't even know today. how, how I would handle that situation as a <laughs> t- as a grandchild.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right? I'd be like, Grandma! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're ruining Thanksgiving again, Grandma! <laughs> Anyways... You're like hearing this two weeks after Thanksgiving. They're like, "Fuck this! I don't care about your idol banter." Yeah. Anyways, we're we're here to talk about the Chronic because mm-hmm. it's the 20th anniversary issue edition. Mm-hmm. Anniversary. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's the dub anniversary of the Chronic. Yeah, dub. If you're not from California or the 90s, it means 20. <laughs> what? <laughs> do you remember where you were? I mean, we both. The thing is, me and me and Nocan both grew up in Los Angeles. Yeah. About you know we were like junior high school aged when the chronic dropped and um i mean what what was it like for you would you remember like getting it and i know here's the thing I, I have like a strict christian family
2: that like didn't allow me to like i couldn't i couldn't actually say that i heard heard the record yeah. i just heard it like through friends sneaking tapes to school and you know they're playing it and like you know i would hear like if i was hanging out with my stepdad you know who was a little bit more lenient you know he'd be playing the record in his car or whatnot and uh it, I mean it was it was all around me. I don't remember the first it's like, you know, when's the first time, you know, you drank soda? Like I don't remember not like having it around, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, no, I mean I re- it was it was on the radio. I mean it was obviously on MTV everywhere, but it was on the radio Power 106 and ninety two point three back when LA had like two hip hop stations. It was well, I guess they do now, they have ninety three point five, but yeah. that, that's like that's like a throwback hip hop. It's station. With classic rap That's That like K Earth one oh one for hip hop. Yeah, totally. But uh um, so anyways, but it was just everywhere and i mean i remember i remember going that was like the first rap album i ever like loved that had like a bunch of tapes i had like Rex and effects Rum shakers and like carot yeah. criss cross i missed the bus tape single and like yeah, yeah. then like you know it was that like new jack swing era was which was, like, tried. the first
2: time, like, hip-hop and, and R&B had, had a marriage, and, you know, it was all because of Jeeps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: just, just it's, it's, I love New Jack Swing, because it's an entire genre dedicated to sounding good in a Jeep, so you could potentially swing an episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I remember going to, walk into the tape store and, like, buying it, like, I don't know, I don't think, I think it was before they actually had Parental Advisor, I think it might have came in, like, the next year. Maybe they yeah. did, but I got it somehow with, like, somehow they sold it to an 11-year-old. yeah and uh, I think I was 10 actually when it came out and it you know just blew my mind and obviously it was just crazy because you know where I was growing up in like a, uh, a reasonably posh part of West Los Angeles hey, so we've, right, we're like how many
2: episodes are we in? 7? yeah you still haven't said where you're from but it's okay it's all right we're gonna keep push- keep it pushing yeah, one day he's gonna it. reveal yeah when i have like
1: when i have alchemist on
2: <laughs> yeah yeah we're just gonna talk about that yeah no you, when you have alchemist
1: on you guys are gonna name off gonna street be names. yeah we're gonna go real it's just like when i interviewed quick and compton it's gonna be just like that yeah just just like compton um <laughs> not, really. not really not at all not at all, not at all. Um, but I have my bar mitzvah pass hard though. It's cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so we're we're actually sitting here next to uh Ben Westoff, who's the editor of the LA Weekly. And, the, music, uh, the music editor and the music editor of LA Weekly let's no
3: shots to Serafensky while we're here yeah no, the, yeah,
1: no, no shots but like if somebody says you're the editor of the LA Weekly you should just be like
3: fuck yeah it. I'm the <laughs> editor of LA Weekly we're, all,
2: yeah, we're, yeah. Also,
1: we're also sitting here next to uh, Marcel Carrion who is a former uh, rap partner of No Cans and the group customer service and he also grew up in Inglewood in South Central when The Chronic came out and he's gonna persp- provide his perspective kind of on what his it was perspective like is an kid. expert
2: perspective of,
1: as yeah, a know, street guy he's as yeah. a kid who grew up Listening to this shit
4: and living it, living the lifestyle, like f- watching the lifestyle and like the chronic was the shit, man. Like that was mm. definitely like I knew that whole album at ten years old. Yeah, like back to front. I didn't know what a gap was, uh, a a a low rider or whatever, a stash spot or none of that, but. I knew the words of the songs.
1: Yeah, no, I the same here. Like I had no idea what I didn't even know what the chronic was. I was just right. like I, I didn't had, even know I what a zigzag. No, I had no I idea knew what, what the was. I had
3: no idea what a G thing was. I thought it was a G, a G spot. Like, wow. I didn't know the difference. You know what those a G two. spot was though? No, I didn't know that either.
4: <laughs> uh, it's, it's crazy though, as a kid, like how I even knew what the words were, but didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And my mom like. I wasn't like how No Can was. I was able mm-hmm. to listen to it because this is the music my mom played. Yeah, I, she played quick. Like I used to listen to MC Breed. I grew up listening to nothing but gangster rap. To this day, i don't like R and
1: B. Yeah, like
4: I listen to rap. That's, yeah. that's what I grew up on. I think on.
1: in yeah in L A. I think when you were growing up at that time, like yeah. I mean that was, it was everywhere. I mean I like you know kids were like it didn't matter what part of the city you were in kids were wearing Raiders jackets they were wearing you know yeah. starter jackets I like, mean it's like Raider, how it, it is Raiders now Kings. with the street sure. wear, you know yeah. like with the, it, it, everybody like dude rap Rap was
2: inescapable especially west coast gangster rap in Los Angeles yeah. like yeah. everybody was into it, just, like, it. I, grew up,
3: I grew up in Minnesota and it's the same thing there um, and that applies to the starter jackets and all the look yeah. too it was like yeah. everybody had whatever team came out with a black and white logo <laughs> everyone had that like so a like the LA, the LA Kings the Kings, White Sox yeah yeah no it was
2: uh i like, remember i asked my mom for a starter jacket and she was like anti-gang culture even though she was like you know involved in, in, in yeah exactly so <laughs> she she got me a goddamn jet starter jacket bro a fucking <laughs> nope. gray and green starter jacket that, yeah. that shit gets no plan. i look like a fucking sharpie marker homie <laughs> <laughs> like, like it dude it, it got me nowhere man yeah
4: but you, you know what else like besides like the clothing though like so many jokes and so much shit came from the chronic. Like, yeah. like when you be like, "I hey, what's the name called Yes, they be like, "Who like these nuts?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. yeah. That came from the chronic. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy how how much how how much people still use. From that album yeah like how much of that still affects the culture today
1: you know i think it didn't it, you know obviously it didn't invent gangster rap because no. you, you had you i mean nwa obviously had you know blown that shit up right. and th- there was something the Ice tea obviously but i think it was the first time that it made it fun mm-hmm. like because yeah, because nwa that shit is not fun it was more like menacing it was and r- kind of more scary.
3: relatable too i mean it's not like people from minnesota could relate to you know the lowriders and all that too, yeah. but it's just like fun themes. They're like women, you know, yeah. parties. Yeah, this is a lot of the stuff that NWA wasn't as and focused it was, on. It was
2: produced like it. Not here's the thing. It it uses what NWA did as a stepping stone. You wouldn't even have like the the you wouldn't even be able to you wouldn't have a reference point for that record if it wasn't for what N.W.A. did yeah, so yeah. Like, it, it, it was re- relatable because you have all that backstory but then it was produced so well yeah. everything sounded
1: just yeah. so clean it was the most musical album I think to that yeah. po- point like it really kind of took obviously like you know it obviously took Funkadelic but it took a lot of random other stuff I mean if you look at the sample listing I mean like you have like Ohio Players Honey Drippers you know Bill Withers uh, I mean obviously Donnie Hathaway for Little Ghetto Boy yeah, you know you have yeah. the Rudy Ray Moore stuff from Dolomite yeah, oh, what, yeah, what was the Let Me Ride, uh, Let Me Ride uh, sample that was uh they well they had a they had three they had the funky drummer for the drum sample right, and they had another drum sample again, Kissin' my love by Bill withers, and I think the main one was a uh, mothership connection star right. child right from, That's- you know and uh the sweet chariot live from parliament so that was, I mean, those were the main kind of samples, and he just he just pretty much took, I think, like you know, his parents' record collection and kind of yeah. turned something. Like I mean, or that was or
4: was maybe it. his own because Dress it was his actually old. He's old. You know yeah,
1: that's yeah, true. He is actually old, and right. he was a he DJ was a for class, years. Yeah, he yeah. was a
4: world class record. Like he was in yeah, fifteen that, years that, old. He yeah, was, that, was already that, yeah. that funk moves like how how gangster rap or whatever is 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 my coming up my upbringing. Yeah. His upbringing was that's true. Funk and. Yeah, so music yeah. you know
1: what I'm saying so yeah. not necessarily I don't, probably when he was like 7, 8 years old yeah. I'm sure that was like you know, you, know sense, that, you know
3: and that was the era when you could take samples like Lock, Stock and Barrel and just use them and <laughs> yeah. like the whole album and no one could do anything yeah. no one would say anything well, no like one ever nowadays you can yeah, never make an album like The Chronic today no, no one had
1: ever sold that many albums like I, yeah. you know it just really kind of exploded I think with I mean
3: Jay-Z and Kanye have the you know the access to all those yeah. great the in the Universal Archives but even they can do it for A few songs, but a whole album. Yeah. Yeah, you you can't even sample
1: anybody whispering right now. You might get silly. (laughs) I think the other thing about it is that, um, you know, I think a lot of great albums have a certain political edge to them, you know, or like a, not necessarily political, but like a social kind of consciousness to it without being hokey or cheesy or preachy. And like, if you really go back and listen to it, and, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about um, kind of, LA Weekly just did a big feature. I had a big article about The Chronic, um, why it's so great. Ben uh, had a big article uh, basically like an oral history, an oral history of the chronic. Yeah. And it, it had an amazing, you know, we'll talk about that a little later. But, you know, if you go back and listen to it, and when I was going back and listening to, it, to write this article, you know, you forget that there's a, like it was political, you know, there's snippets from like a documentary about the riots and like it captures that feel. Like, more than any other album, I think it captures I feel a post riot Los Angeles, like, incredibly. And you, I mean, you were right in the middle of it when you were yeah. growing up. But you were too. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think if you were really anywhere in Los Angeles, it, it, if they didn't even riot where you were living, they were rioting within yeah. um, four within, or five blocks of where you were I living. I wouldn't say, yeah, five miles. Like Yeah, five miles. I mean, unless you were in the valley. <laughs> no, there was, like, no rioting in but the But valley. you know what? It, yeah. did, it
4: did have that black conscious, that black conscious Yeah. Black conscious for at the same time because yeah. it was, like, even the song Little Ghetto Boy, like, the the song is like Snoop's verse. I believe is talking about some like being in the pen. Being in the But, but at the beginning of it, you yeah. know, like the dude was expressing like, you know, if I got to die for this little African right here, that's what's gonna happen. You know, so yeah. that, that that was the state of the ghetto, regardless of what people thought outside. Like yeah. we not all just
2: hate each other. We don't all not yeah. get
4: along. Nah.
2: Yeah.
4: We have we have certain morals and codes and, and, and yeah. And, and there's ethics. R- there's
2: reason for behind behind the violence and that and they did yeah. a good job of explaining yeah everything just the whole situation about like you know the last verse in that where. uh You know they're explaining like the OG that gets out and he's you know and he's trying to like control things and the young dude shoots him
4: him up yeah you know what I'm saying this is not this is not what it is and like he's like
2: I guess that's what I got you know what I mean like
4: they're trying
1: to drag the little homies yeah yeah like he's like kind of like
2: and and, in the in the tone of that in the tone of that they're all each each character that they're that they're playing like is coping with the situation there's no victim and there's no aggressor it's just like i'm in this situation yeah. and i'm gonna have to deal with the deal with the cards that were dealt to me yeah you know?
3: what's, so, uh, what's what seems crazy to me about it is that it was like that happened in april the riots and then dre had it on an album by the end of the year yeah like imagine now like if dre was gonna make a song about hurricane sandy it would come out in like <laughs> yeah. 10 years from now 20 years from now <laughs> yeah you know if it came out six months election. later and no one would
2: give a fuck I heard. No one it. Yeah, would exactly. That. In this because, era, yeah. Yeah.
3: But it's just like Dre like had the, the wherewithal to like you know, whip the, something up and you know, put it ga- on the album. The game
1: would care. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, the game would care. Yeah. I think we should, well, I think we're going to start talking a little bit maybe about the history and the context that it came out of and then we'll maybe kind of play some songs about from the record, we'll just talk about them and stuff like that. And I guess I mean, do you want to start talking maybe a little bit, Ben, because I know you just did the oral history on it. So.
3: Yeah, well, basically, there was this documentary in 2001 called Welcome to Death Row by a Santa Monica production company called Xenon. And they, um, since that documentary came out, it's still on like late night, I don't know, HBO or something. But they had like 80 pages of interviews that they weren't doing anything with. So they just like dropped them in my lap and said, you can publish this if you want. So I kind of combed through that. And it focuses on you know the formation of Death Row and then the making of the Chronic itself. And so, you know, some of the and some of the outtakes from the those interviews are interesting too. Like Alonzo Williams from World World Class Wrecking Crew is like talking all sorts of trash about Dr. Dre. I thought I'd just read some of those because they're pretty funny. Like Alonzo was saying, uh, Dre was always a ladies' man. When I met him, he had three or four kids at 17 years old. <laughs> And he's calling himself the Love Doc. And he was Doc, so we called him Dr. Dre. And that was the beginning of his career. I always felt like his big brother. He would come to me with all his girl problems, his DA problems. I tried to school him. He was making babies like a rabbit. (laughs) I often lied for him when he had problems with with his girls. I'd cover for him. Stuff like that I think so. Dre He just talk- sounds
1: like A snitch right there Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck that yeah. guy that is, symbol- that is on some Kobe telling about Shaq's deal yeah. <laughs> Like It's like <laughs> Fuck that dude You yeah. know what the other thing is I just like the idea of Dre like As the love doc Like that <laughs> Like that bad Mike Myers movie Yeah <laughs> Like Dre was the just like He just a Hindu guru oh, Just like no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't sound like The love doctor If he's gotta go to this guy For advice all the time Yeah though. seriously He sounds like More like the love patient like, Yeah you know. very best The love
1: people pediatrician yeah. <laughs> like ooh that's a, <laughs> <laughs> saucy I was gonna say that's a little Southeast <laughs> some Asia on, some, yeah there's some firing of shots um, oh shit so anyways I, yeah no uh, the other I think uh, kind of funny thing about it is when you think about Dre Dre's like always in the narrative of Dre there's like always some like 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 benefactor like coming like easy he's like rescuing him when he's got like parking tickets and he's right. like in jail
3: <laughs> that's how NWA started yeah cause of Dre's parking tickets yeah, wait,
4: wait, wait, wasn't he like he had a Ferrari or something like that of course he got some crazy ass tickets Get like two hundred, like almost going two hundred miles per hour or something like. I don't need that. that. That's I, like,
3: why I went to jail or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he Houl, was. Houl, I think he was. How
2: Hood, How Street, <laughs> went to jail for fucking speeding. He, he, he fucking. Oh dude. yeah, Street. That's crazy. something else.
3: That's all, something else. Alonzo Williams said. He said that originally N.W.A. was gonna call him. They were gonna rep like Carson or Gardena. They were like, we got it because that's what's trendy. And then a year later, they're like, yeah, we're from Compton. Yeah. Like it, that was because
4: I never knew of Dre actually being from like say for instance right because me being in in this gang culture because I like I said growing up around and being a part of it yeah all that part <laughs> that that part right there but nah Nobody knows where Dr. Dre is from. Like everybody <laughs> knows where Easy is from. Like Easy, everyone from knows Kelly- where DJ Quick, yeah, from. From uh, Park, yeah. DJ Quick is from. He's from Kelly Park. And DJ Quick is from Treetop Power. Where the yeah. where, where the hell Dre from? Yeah. No one knows. He, yeah. You know where Dre from? But
1: yet and still, he's Woodland fri- a hills. private school, my, yeah. my friend.
4: But yet and still, like he's like the godfather of gangster rap. Well, like was, and
1: it's crazy because I mean he was like it. way before gangster rap, and I think like I remember when I first heard the Chronic, and then like Easy came out with the disc. Yeah. You know, like I had no idea. I'd never heard of the World Cross Second Crew. Right. Like had you? I had not. Like no. No, you have to. You'd have to go to radio trying to know what the fucking world class record yeah. crew is. Like unless you own a pair of roller skates, you did not know what the world. class <laughs> yeah, You'd have record to be was. able to do a
2: head spin on roller skates and pop lock with your fucking. Which I hands. can do, which is weird <laughs> that I had no clue. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. one, one thing you can say though, man, if it wasn't for Dr. Dre's, like you know, uh, you know, like prowess as a producer, yeah. like gangster rap would. Be would would it would be a, a quick fad. fad, you know, yeah. like without yeah. like great producers in any genre, then it just, it's, it's a fad and then it moves on to the next region. Yeah. Gangsta- I think
3: he uh, he brought melody to gangster rap basically, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. like gangster rap today. You know, when the South kind of took it over ten years ago, mm-hmm. it like is all about like almost little kid nursery rhyme melodies, yeah, and well, that's and you
1: can hear that shit. I mean, like that it was also that like that synth one that G funk sound, which like became affiliated with gangster rap. Like right. you couldn't have G funk without gangster rap, right? So you listen to like. I don't know you listen to like a Selly Cell record or some Bay record from like 97, 98 they were still using those synths are yeah. like Bout About It by Master P yeah. like that's a that's a Dr. Dre G Funk synth yeah cause they were on those Triton keyboards
2: which is like yeah. that That every every studio we went into smelled like motherfucking you know bad weed and had a Triton keyboard with like you know, stress <laughs> crumbs on it everyone you know? <laughs> yeah, like,
4: uh, yeah. everyone Triton went went from Triton to motifs yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. The, the smell never
3: changed cause nah. it, it was weird to me cause I grew up on heavy metal a little bit mm-hmm. and like Heavy metal, you know, the hard music, it has a really hard sound. Mm-hmm. And with uh gangster rap, it doesn't always have a hard sound. Nah. Mm-hmm.
4: That it's it's more the words I think in gangster rap more of the words are harsh and hard more, but the sound is super melodic it's 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 calm it's soothing but the words would be I mean I yeah. I'll, I'll smoke you if you like, yeah. <laughs> shoot your if face if you yeah. look at
1: like the context of you know even the label Death Row I mean you have that you have that contrast you have Dre who like was not definitely a gangster and then you have right. Suge who is one of the hardest people ever so you had that and I think like Suge basically you know and there's Like, I I just wrote a book on Tupac that's coming out next June. But anyways, there's this (laughs) book called Labyrinth that I was reading, and it's a really good book by Randall Sullivan. And it kind of, it's like, basically it's about the murders of Biggie and Tupac Mm -hmm. and the whole investigation, the the Rampart scandal. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and really Death Row started with The Chronic. And it just talks about kind of like how, I guess, Dre, or Shug hooked up with DOC, was like his bodyguard. And then he sort of was like, oh, I'll get you out of the contract with Ruthless. And then there's, I mean, there's a story where, he showed up with, obviously, like, there was the vanilla ice. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The, ha- the, the balcony hanging, and then he showed up. I mean, did you ever hear the story when, like, of what, like, there, the beef between Dre and Easy came from? Like, the actual incident? No. no, nah, yeah, tell me that. It's in here, like, basically, so from the book, like, um...
3: So just just a little bit of backstory because yeah. uh, NWA was Ruthless Records and so easy. Th- e- what uh, Ruthless was easy and Jerry Heller's thing. Yeah, right. and they had DOC and Dr. Dre and other NWA members under contract.
1: Yeah, above the law too. So
3: then yeah. when Dre was trying to extradite himself from this situation, this is what happened. Yeah,
1: and they were. Uh so, Thank you, basically, Payne. Dre, yeah, I know, he's a good editor. Ooh, <laughs> so, uh, we need to have this motherfucker here every time, all the time. Know, seriously. <laughs> so, you know, he, basically, Dre, like, hits up Easy and was like, oh, I want to have a meeting with you to uh, discuss our differences. And then, so, basically, Easy, like, thought Dre was being for real, and then he shows up without a security at uh, the studio, which was, it was called Future Shock was the name of their label. It was, like, uh, um, the recording studio they stared with. Uh, Dick Griffey who was the chairman of Solar Records and started it. Uh, so he shows up, Dre's not there, there's two thugs, and then Suge just basically, like, is like, all of them need to get off the contract, and, uh, he's like, no, like, why am I gonna let them off the contract? And he tells them that he's holding Jerry Heller hostage in a van outside, and he knew where Easy's mom lived. Whoa. (laughs) That's what he said, yeah, that's in this book, and that's, you know, and there's a right, as he tells them that, Suge's thugs rush in, carrying lead pipes, and they just surround Easy. Yeah. and um hey, I think I've seen that same
2: thing on a Guy Ritchie movie about like early London like it's like some that's like that's like some like Russian mafia that's where industry. he got the idea from it's from yeah. Guy Ritchie he got so, that shit from Lockstock and Two Smoking Burr yeah. so,
4: so that makes the, the, the Dre Day video make more sense now. yeah yeah exactly because he, he like they had they had Easy wrapped up in the van though I believe a little white yeah. van but then it was yeah. like you know we have your motherfucking record company uh, surrounded put down the candy and let the little boy like all that could be like yeah you yeah. know what I'm
1: saying but like no, they. I mean, that was like they were basically saying like, what kind of we, happened. Mark, we marked you
3: out. Like yeah. basically, one, one like, thing I don't understand is what was the beef with Luke all about? Like that's really yeah, I don't think anyone don't know.
2: no one knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Luke just got like he, it was like a side elbow for just being around and being uh, successful at the time because they were on some like did he just total disc- war domination? Did he just just disc- gangster
4: rappers in general or something? I don't know, but that shit was crazy because I never knew either. Listening to the chronic, like why were they why he keep I mean, talking like, about uh-huh. Tim Dog and Luke? It right. was
1: crazy is that no one had heard of Tim Dog? I don't think outside of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like Tim Dog, that was like the best. I mean, like uh, yeah, I know like Penicil Wax is a very good record, and I'm sure that. But like still, like I don't I think still, anyone outside of New York City had really heard of Tim Dog. Right.
4: I still don't know who Tim Dog is to this yeah. day, dog. Because yeah, Fuck Compton, <laughs> like, yeah,
1: like, yeah. Like, he wrote a song called Fuck Compton, but I don't think anyone heard that. Wow. And then, yeah. We, do we have that? Yeah, we can play Fuck Compton. You want to play that? Like, but that's well.
3: what's go- what made Dre Day great, and a lot of the Chronic great was like it had a purpose. You know, like these guys were really mad about something. Yeah. And there yeah. was a real storyline. It wasn't like if it was just about the Chronic, it would have been some crappy like Wiz Khalifa. We'd, we'd, ah, <laughs> I knew you were going to say Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> <laughs> I got have like. Don't give seat. Wiz Khalifa
1: ideas. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but this wasn't just about the uh, the Chronic. It was about like all these these beefs and yeah. this stuff. So. I mean, it was
4: about LA. Like, it was about, I mean, even though they were based, Dre is a Compton based rapper, whatever, like, but that was the LA experience, man. Low riders, 40 ounces, bitches, smoking weed. This is what people did in in inner city Los Angeles.
2: This, This is what would went on at these times. This was like, what was that? What was, was it Sunday nights on Crenshaw? That's what this remind that record reminds me be- basically, of. Basically, you,
4: know? you know what I'm saying? Well, Sunday afternoons on Crenshaw, Saturday nights on Crenshaw. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. Sunday
2: nights, Sunday mornings were like rider theme kind of things
4: which Dre was doing on, on Let Me Ride. He was out yeah. Sunday what, what I would consider to be a Sunday morning yeah. in his lowrider. You yeah. know, this is what people do.
2: A carefree Sunday morning. And Saturday
4: nights is when you got 40 ounces and bitches. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's when it's popping. You spray yeah. bitches with 40
1: ounces. like it's, Go somewhere, which ex- which explains a nothing like, but a G thing video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's,
3: that's, like, that's the only thing that oh, explains that video.
4: And then you have like gangster fun. See, I'm now being. Older, I'm starting to look think back. Like I, forgot, I don't know what video it is. But I think it's I think it's nothing but a G thing too. When they're all like Kennebunk Park. Yeah, that's a regular hood function. That's what happens when yeah. too many wow. gang members get together. We just
2: we just have
3: parties.
4: I dude. go there with my,
3: <laughs> my baby and my wife and my dog almost every weekend. I had yeah, no, no, no idea. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, Ken- come of, back in, back in the day.
2: Like Kennebunk Park was like one of those things where like. It was it was it was like the the little outside of the hood a place yeah. to party where you really like you couldn't really get in any it was like a it was a safe zone it was like Baldwin was, Hills uh, yeah no one yeah. got shot there but yeah. there was a lot of gang bangers hanging out there having a good time
1: feeding the ducks with their fucking uh, and you know, kids you like, know that's you know. the thing it's so it's so interesting because I when I tell people like you know that was 20 and that's a really interesting thing now we're coming up on the 20 year anniversary of this mm. record and what it really is is you think about LA 20 years ago because you guys grew up here I grew up here Ben didn't so it's like there's this interesting thing and I tell people like I'm like you don't have no idea what it was like because I live in it yeah. I live like right near Echo Park right. and like it's all like hipster kids yeah right. no Echo yeah, Park yeah, you yeah, can't live right. in
2: Echo Park 20 years ago
1: no, being a white man that's no, not gonna happen no be that a a was black. like yeah, yeah shit, or be black that's <laughs> <laughs> bad yeah yeah that's Mexican there were, there were a lot of gang- there were a ton of gangs shit. and like yeah. that would be like whenever somebody at my school when they have back it would be from Echo Park yeah now like, you're like i have back from Echo Park it's like what do you have like like a band that's playing the Echo yeah yeah <laughs> you have like you have like Futurama or Futuroids or some kind of weird everything's superhumanoids you know yeah, like, I, I love so how, many pe- how wizards, shout LA out. so many wizards. So many wizards. What? <laughs> so we're
2: gonna edit all of those fucking indie rock bands you just mentioned. By the way, we're not gonna have those those guys. I don't even know what they are, but they can't be in our podcast.
3: Shouts to Stephanie Weiss. Yeah, shout out to Stephanie
2: Weiss,
1: my sister. We can keep that part. We can keep it or not. Anyways, but I think we should just you know, I, it, it just blows my mind because you would, any street really, like you know, like like a uh, the famous line of Ian Cohen once said. He goes, he goes, I would know. What part of town was the good part of town to drive in, or the wrong part of town to drive in? I should say when you hear the street from the Chronic, like, and he would be like, yeah. "All oh. right, I should not be on Slauson." <laughs> like, like but I should not be there. Like Slauson. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I feel it's on the Chronic, and like, hey, it, the funny <laughs>
2: part about it is, is me growing up in South Central. Like, none of that shit. Like, that was just, oh, these are just places that we go. My cousin lives there. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna go there because my right. mom friend, friend lives there. Like, it never really, like, you know, it it did a good job to, like, you know keep, like, that's why South Central is not, like, gentrified to this day, yeah. is because it has such a, like, uh, air of, uh, Air of like you know mystery and like you know like like fear factor put into it by yeah. early gangster rap. You know they yeah, actually know.
3: the L.A. Times after the riots they went on this like PR mission to rename that area South so L.A. South L.A. They do call it still yeah, South but LA. but then at the Weekly I was like wait are we calling it South L.A. They're like nah we call it South, <laughs> South Central. <laughs> Central. Yeah, thank God for the Weekly, homie. Like, yeah. yeah,
4: it's no way I don't care what you could change the name to like sprinkles and cinnamon. Like of <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 people are still getting shot, killed, and gangbangers going on there. The area is going to be.
2: Synonymous with that yeah. thing, like Plus, yeah. it's like in Oakland how they turned fucking oh, East 14th uh, Street to,
1: to international. Yep. That shit
2: didn't do anything. That's like nothing. Fucking, like you and
1: know? and you have Central Avenue too, so it actually gives it a certain like, yeah. you know what I mean. Like it does give it a more concrete than it's not like you're just pulling Central out of nowhere. Like yeah, it
2: was named South Central because of where it sits on the map. Yeah, not because of what happened there.
4: Yeah. You know, yeah. Like
1: yeah. South Central California. Like like it turned into like a bad name, but like that's just the the actual. Yeah. The geographic place of it. Yeah. So yeah. I think we should play maybe we should I mean we don't need to play the intro, I feel like. I mean let's Yeah, let's play, play Dre intro. Day. Let's play Dre Day, because that's how it really starts. But yeah. Let's go for let's it. Let's just go in that. Alright, right now we're playing Dre Day, which actually the full name, which I think everyone forgets is fuck with Dre Day. parentheses and everybody's celebrating. And this was the second single, it was the big easy edis from the chronic.
0: With, don't even respect your ass. That's why it's time for the doctor to check your ass, nigga. Used to be my homie, used to be my ace Now I wanna slap the taste out your mouth Make it by down to the rope fucking me, now I'm fucking you, little hoe Oh, don't think I forgot Let you slide we have your motherfuckin' record company surrounded. Put down the candy and let the little boy go. You know what I'm saying? Fuck motherfucker. Bow
4: wow wow, yo, doggy dogs in
1: the motherfuckin' hell. So anyways, the thing about Dre Day for me that always, I guess, really is, like strikes me is, is just It was, he brought in Snoop, you know, that was the, that was the second single from The Chronic, and, you know, he'd already come in on, on the deep, on the song from the deep cover soundtrack, where he basically, that was Snoop's introduction to the world, kind of made him, kind of like a bubbling rap star, but, you know, he was, kind of like how, I mean, everyone remembers like how 50 Cent was in the mixtape circuit where he was bubbling. That was sort of how Snoop Dogg was at the time, you know, it was back when like there was that period of gestation before, you know, like you wouldn't just put out eight mixtapes, and uh, it was that was in slower. the that was in
2: the demo days. And that yeah. was in the days of like the you industry know, knew street, about you, street street fame. And you know, the, straight,
1: the street knew about you, the industry knew about you. The people might not necessarily have known. Where well, a
2: cosign sign mattered, yeah, like for the fact that Drake
4: was like, look, this is who I'm. This is, this is this the is new I'm guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, listen to this. So then yeah. he came out.
1: It- yeah, no, and then he, he uses him, I mean, and he comes out like on this single, you know, the second single that anyone heard. Cause even because I think like back, this is another thing that was interesting. I think about that that people forget is like not everyone necessarily. I mean, a lot of people bought the chronic right when it came out, right. but that was back when the day when you would hear a second single, a third single, and then yeah. you would make That's the in decision the, to buy in a the record. day
2: when a single yeah. would be on the radio for like six months,
1: six to eight months. Yeah. You could buy a single. It was yeah, you could buy yeah. a single. So like for buying the album, that was a big deal because right. you're like, all right, am I going to spend my money on it? Right. Like because that was you know it was a ten dollar investment, which was a lot of Money, right. you know, and like the single was three bucks. So you really you and like I think it's just so weird listening to music now because everybody can get anything they want or stream yeah. it. And it was, but so he came out with that and he's firing shots. And so we're talking a little bit about like Luke, yeah, uh, you know, just dissing he just, Luke. Yeah, just went in on Luke. Out, out of the, to me, I'm pretty sure it's, it's good rhyme and reason.
4: But it seemed like he just went nuts and started <laughs> dissing. His, you from Long Beach? You have <laughs> you have beef with this person way over here in Miami,
2: like, but hey. It, but that but to you gotta think day, about young rappers bro young rappers you gotta think about it, was like 19 years old like there's yeah. no young rappers just this shit right they just they, they do that like you know
1: think about M. Anyth- anybody that Dre's Tyler, Tyler touched, the Creator did the same you know? thing I mean it's like young rappers just you know yeah. because you remember what it was like when you're young you fucking hate shit <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah you sure. hate shit you
2: hate shit and then also like once, once you create you create an enemy you show all the other people that like what yeah. you are about like 50, you're 50, like I right. am against this and yeah. that's therefore I stand for this. So I'm not about all that booty shaking. I'm about this cool, chill gangster thing. It's, it's, it, he basically by dissing Luke,
1: he dissed like uh, the archetype of a certain aesthetic or a certain style yeah. of music. You know. And then obviously, like E Z came back. You know, we talked about it like on the the Beef Week last mm-hmm. week, but about you know his response, but. When we heard Dre Day, that was the first disc because, like, no one—I right. don't think—really was knew about the inner workings of NWA. No one knew that Suge right. Knight was showing up with lead pipes. That was right. all stuff that came out way after the fact.
3: And I mean, I think part of it all is like, did they really want to kill each other? Did they really have any intent? Like, I was wondering, like, if they saw themselves each other on the street right then, they might have just shaken hands. It was I, like brilliant
4: business. I think it grew to, but see, that's the thing about beefs because they can grow and yeah. they can get serious. Because I think of, initially it was some music beef, like, "Oh, you want to lay my contract, whatever." But once. Easy make that disc with yeah. BG knockout and Drace to the gangster. These are real Crips. That's yeah. true. Hey, and there, were, there
3: was the lead pipes incident. Yeah, so, so, yeah. exactly. So
4: you <laughs> run up on, say, say for instance, James don't game, but you run up on my partner. My homeboy with layer pies on that, I'm gonna get my homies. Right. Yeah. Now let's see how gangster y'all really want to yeah. get. So I think that's what happened when yeah. when they made real real Common City real motherfucking jeans. Yeah. Because
1: that was that was way scarier than all that shit. That yes. was scary that shit. That was huh? yeah. That wasn't a ha ha. That was like this is like yeah. It wasn't it wasn't musical at all. It wasn't about the music. know and and I mean the when he got him in the sequin suit. I mean that was like he was calling out names. Like that was nothing left. Well yeah,
3: EZ's whole thing was you know that Dre was a fake gangster and I remember he went on Arsenio Hall. Yeah. And when his 187 album came out, and Arsenio was like, I think what we really want to do is stop the violence and Easy was like yeah that's cool but the thing is there's all these studio gangsters running around <laughs> that's the real problem <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. That's
1: the real problem and man. also Dre Day only made EZ's payday which was the other thing and, because he yeah, got s- paid off of that yeah we, well, we really how did he get paid off of in that in the article was, we talk about it yeah, he was, well he, was he still also in the, contract. the part that Jeff, oh, did, Jeff wow. didn't
3: finish the story but after um, you know the Lead Pipes incident they um, Easy relinquished like all five of his marquee artists to death row but then later sued to get the publishing back so mm. or, so the compromise they worked out was that he was going to get some of Death Row's royalties. Yes,
2: yeah. mm, mm, that's
3: great. And people were saying it was like twenty-five to fifty cent off every um, Death Row album. I don't know if that's true, it, but
1: I mean, if it was at that time, nigga, that's that's yeah, a lot of Death Row made bro. so much damn money. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, the the next song on the album is is the third single, which was like, I mean, they were all, and that's the other thing. Like, it's weird to think about like a, a, an Eazy-E disc being a huge radio single and MTV smash. Like, right. but that was, I mean, it was ubiquitous. It was everywhere like on every radio station all the time like you you knew uh, you you said like you knew everywhere i knew everywhere every word by the time i was 11 everywhere. years old every song every word it was just you know and uh then let me ride and like i want to ask you guys cuz we're about to play it but the start of "Let Me Ride." Me and my friend. This is another weird thing. Like before, this is why like things like Rap Genius are like people get annoyed by it. Mm. Is because you know, like you remember like how there's like kind of like the reggae shit at the beginning there's of "Let a Me Chick- Ride." Uh, speaking the patois.
3: The yeah. patois. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> me and my friend would always like argue over, and we would just pick the most ridiculous things that we thought she was saying because you could never understand it. <laughs> yeah. So I would be like, I thought she was saying "Look good, Mariah Carey," because obviously Mariah Carey looks good. Yeah. And he was always <laughs> like. He thought it was do you like Atari? So we're gonna listen to it and then we'll kind of give our own interpretation. Yeah, that was that was that was a, I, I, that was a look
2: into like white kids. White, I never yeah. I, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah.
0: What no be You look good carry. Long time chat to you like you know. So why I'm Dre, tell what the fuck i want to Creeping down the back street on D's. I got my Glock cut, cause niggas won't ease. No sooner as I said it, seems I got sweated by some nigga with a Tech 9 trying to take mine. You wanna make noise? Make noise. I make a phone call, my niggas coming like the Gotti boys. Bodies being found on Greenleaf with the fucking heads cut off. Motherfucker, I'm straight so listen to the play-by-play, day-by-day, rolling in my phone with sixteen switches. I got hey.
2: Uh, so the fact that you guys even thought about you didn't know what she said or tried to like interpret it that mm-hmm. was that was a good look on like you know what, what white kids thought. I fucked up. I should have started kids.
1: rap genius. Could have got paid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucked up. I'd be like, do you like Mariah Carey? What she's really trying to say is that Mariah Carey is a fine-looking actress <laughs> who was in movies such as Glitter. <laughs> and no, she has, She wasn't saying anything about Mariah Carey. I just know. I didn't really think so, but I thought so.
2: Uh, for, for one, when I re- I remember being in school, uh, you know, in in LA, and like we always had like a, a a pretty big Belizean and Jamaican, like there's always like one or two Belizean Jamaican kids or Gananian kids, and they like only play with us half of the time, you know. But uh, I I think like she said, you, uh, you look good, you you look good. I like how you carry on. That's what it's, it's uh, or carry yourself or how you carry yeah. on. I think that's what the translation is. Yeah, but I could be wrong. You know. So maybe you should have started Rap Genius. <laughs> Yeah, perhaps <laughs>
3: where can one get some good Belizean food? That's what I want to know. Yeah, <laughs>
2: little Belize off a of, uh, off a of La Brea, and is that Kelso? Uh, Nutwood, no, uh, La Brea and Nutwood. Nutwood. You learn. Shots fired is going to become a food podcast starting from this <laughs> week on. Yeah, Look they, for it. There, there's like a straight straight up chicken dish that you can order. That's just like uh, it comes
1: with like rice, peas, and
2: plantains, and it's just like st- seasoned really st- well. Delicious. Yeah. So, all right,
1: so I think we're actually ready to go into a commercial break. So uh, we're to come back after a word from. I guess our sponsors is what you're supposed to say, so we'll go with that. <laughs> it's getting cold out there, folks, and heat is expensive. You probably need to stay warm and look good. Go to the store at Earwolf.com and pick up an Earwolf hoodie. While you're there,
2: check out all of the new swag we have just in time for the holidays. T-shirts, digital downloads, and posters.
1: So check out the store at Earwolf.com and support shows like Shots Fired. Shots Fired!
2: Shots fired. Here's an easy way to support Shots Fired. By shopping on Amazon.com like you already do. Go to Earwolf.com and click the Amazon banner. You can find
1: it at the top of the homepage and also on the Shots Fired show page. Click the Amazon.com banner and support Earwolf shows like ours with your regular Amazon.com purchases. It doesn't cost
2: anything extra and it helps support the show. You're already shopping online for the holidays. Why not help out your favorite podcast while doing it? Shots
0: Fired. Let me call this old bitch. Take this bitch down. Never hey, mind. My, my investigator is down. down right there. There. He said he thinks <laughs> Stokes and making a reservation at a motel there. Doesn't Hello. What's up? Nothing, what you doing? Man, I'm just kicking it. Are y'all good? Uh, oh, nah, what you gonna do today? What? For destroying um, that letter. My
4: oh, I for the destroy the letter. I ain't
0: gonna get my nails done. Seriously.
4: Why what's up Hey, did did, did, did what's your name get at you yesterday? Who? These nuts.
0: Oh, shut up, nigga. But I want to ask you one question. If I had some nuts hanging on the walls, what should I have, honey? I just darling, you have some walnuts. She said, well, daddy, if I had some nuts on my chest, would those be chestnuts. nuts? I said, hell yes. Yeah. She said, well, daddy, if I had nuts on my chin, would those be chin nuts? I said, hell no. Then you'd
3: have a dick in your mouth.
2: Hey, we are back. This is Shots Fired, and we're talking about the Chronic. This is the twentieth anniversary, the dub anniversary, yeah, and that was these
1: nuts <laughs> that was these nuts that was the that was the both of these nuts actually that was yeah, no, I cool. mean, and that was what, another thing we were going to talk about is just like you can't talk about the chronic and like any really rap era from album of that era, but the skits were the best probably <laughs> ever, or like as good as any skits ever made, mm-hmm. and like it had a sure. comedy element of it, obviously you have the Rudy Ray Moore from Dolomite kind of sketch on about chestnuts, and yeah. You had that And that I mean How many times Like we were talking about that Like how many times Did you quote that When you were a kid Like oh yeah anybody, Any chance I can get To trick somebody With the D's nuts joke
2: oh my goodness. I like you know Still Like hey grandma
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, You will be got On sight they, it, oh man, you ain't hear about what happened yesterday? What happened? These nuts happened. That's what happened. Motherfucker.
2: Yeah. Have you seen D? Dude, D's nuts. D's nuts. Nigga. Yeah. what you? Mean?
4: It, then it, but like, it, then it turned. Like it turned into like this dick. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah we, just, we made that shit jump the shark in the hood. Oh like, man, like, that's shit yeah. But like, man, that's just another 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 example of how. This album just for so many years a- a- affected Los Angeles culture, man. Well, it's, this mm-hmm. is this is a staple in Los Angeles. I feel that this is definitely an album that's a staple in Los Angeles community, gangster back community, yeah. community,
1: and just I mean it's a musical classic. Do you think like it made a lot of people like. Grow, like turn it like join like start banging yeah, I mean definitely record. because
4: yeah. they made they made it appealing yeah they made it look attractive they made it they made this shit look like they, they, I they, could do this yeah. like people are doing this right now outside my door what are you yeah. fucking with the gang members yeah I mean cause I could say that it influenced me because I'm seeing these dudes got gold chains on they got they doing what they want to do and I ain't not seen that in one video when they went to work yeah so like <laughs> yeah. like you know what I'm saying I'm just saying like the people that I'm, I said that to say the people they were hanging with were familiar in my area, yeah. So it made it that much easier to be to identify with the people in my area, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So
2: it, it definitely let let the guard down from it, but I don't think like like for me this it, I don't think it. It would influence me to go go either either way, you know. Even for you,
1: you it, say that now, bro. But it was, like it created, but, but it, it, no, cost, no, it made I'm, the culture popular. I think like of that, and like you know, at the end of the day, like people do what girls like, and like they, yeah, just, that's like, what I was gonna say. That's just shit, and like but girls like this shit. Unless it was popular among yeah. girls,
4: I'm more speaking for the mass, like not me individually, mm-hmm. but more just for like the because pe- he said, do, do I think it affected the the area? Hell yeah, because it made like I say, it was just it's too it's too common, it's too easy to it's yeah. right there. You
2: glamorize them, It was, hey, this shit was like. To L.A. where I'm pretty sure like Nirvana's Nevermind was the Seattle. Like yeah. everybody soon, everybody yeah, and became. And they're still grungy. wearing fl- they're
1: still wearing flannel. They're still wearing <laughs> flannel
2: to this day, you know. Yeah. But like you know, it made like it made that like that 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 gangbanger like style of dress just normal, bro. Like yeah. even, without me being affiliated, without you know like friends of mine being affiliated, we're all white teed up. We
1: all were wearing Dockers. Yeah, it's crazy you know, now, we now. We all, all the had kids with skinny jeans, and that changed the whole thing. But back then, it was like if you can you imagine wearing skinny jeans in 1993 in South Central. Well, what, what, what <laughs> well, wait, well, wait.
4: Because if you actually look at old pictures of and oh, yeah. jeans were yeah. small, bro. Yeah, yeah because oh, well.
2: because dude, like uh, Levi's and and, Dockers they and Davis. Yep. They didn't make they didn't, they didn't make, make fucking like big that. baggy right. jeans. Nope. C- jeans not- didn't get big and baggy till Cross Colors, Carl Kani, Jingo. Right. By all that by, by shit, like nineteen
1: ninety seven, you could not get a pair of like if for if you were trying to dress like young, like you couldn't get a pair of like jeans that weren't. Mm-hmm. Right, way oversized. Right, fat farm, whatever it Straight was. Up. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: everything because uh, yeah. like even skate like. Skaters wore baggy, baggy jeans. Every, everybody Everyone wore baggies. Like you yeah. said, you couldn't find some yeah. young fitting jeans unless you wore five. Unless you wore Levi's. That's when mm-hmm. I knew
1: that like the younger generation. It was you know what I mean. When the younger generation kicked in, when they started wearing skinny jeans, and you're like, that is just a different generation.
3: Nowadays, like, if you buy some Levi's off the racks, they're going to be built in skinny. A lot of them. Yeah, really? yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because th- these are pretty
4: small. My, I would never wear like in my growing up. I grew yeah. up with the baggy jean era. Yeah. Like so, to have these on is
2: is amazing. Yeah. When this guy got <laughs> when this guy got out of fucking jail, he was like, if I ever, he was wearing some. Like, I forgot oh, what kind sh- of jeans he. Was like if I ever wear any jeans skinnier than this, you can sock me in the throat. <laughs> yeah, he called me like two months later. He was like, "You can sock me in the throat now."
4: Because <laughs> I look ridiculous, man. Like yeah,
1: nobody wear. Yeah, girls. It's you all like crazy. I said. It comes back to girls. And like if girls like you know, and they change the whole style, and this and I, and I I'm feel like uh, I feel yeah.
3: like homophobia has even gone out in rap. Like you can hardly be homophobic now, but you can still just skinny jeans. That's like a stand-in. For- <laughs> well, I was living
2: I was living in Oakland, and in Oakland like skinny jeans is in L.A. Thing, bro. It is like it, it. It the first the first kids I seen like wearing skinny nice. jeans were just like yeah, skaters or just even young young black kids that were just on some alternative lifestyle shit that were in you know south of the ten you know. But uh, like in Oakland, that shit. San Francisco, it hasn't hit you know. In most cities around the country, mm-hmm. Atlanta, that shit hasn't hit. Like cashing them over in Atlanta, still wearing big baggy jeans. Mm-hmm. But a city like New York or like you know uh you know uh, I don't know some 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 other place where they think they really fly. Yeah. But like a city like New
1: York, they'll. Catch onto it because they want to just hop on whatever trend it is we were talking about that i feel like we should just go right into bitches and shit because we're talking about what girls anyways and on top of it bitches ain't shit now got repurposed mm-hmm, by the skinny jean by the skinny jean mascot, mascot. mascot yg so we're gonna YG. play a little bit of bitches and shit with uh dre and and daz and corrupt and, and snoop and not to not to sleep on jewel i'm I was gonna say i'm amazed by how many women love this music
2: yeah. though bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks
0: Bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks Lick on these nuts and suck the dick Get the fuck out of here Dumb, better hop sell my bitch to make a quick run Bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks Lick on these nuts and suck the dick Get the fuck out of here Dumb, better hop sell my bitch to make a quick run I used to know a bitch named Merrick Wright we used to roll around and fuck the hoes at night Typed in the motherfucker with the gangster beats And we was ballin' on the motherfuckin' conference street Peace.
2: Ah, uh, man, I can't believe that women love that music so much. I don't know why. Why, why, women, women that listen to hip hop, why do you like when I call you a bitch, bitch? <laughs> hey, bitch, hey, bitch, listen to our podcast. Yo, Lupe Fiasco's so mad at you right now. <laughs> That's why he doesn't have any bitches. <laughs> hey, speaking of Lupe Fiasco, man, one time I opened up for Lupe Fiasco and he had like this order on like on the fucking writer that said no alcohol could be brought into the fucking building because he's Muslim what kind of fucking shit is that I
1: don't so, know that's not right that's like Sharia law or something like that you know but yeah so anyway but we well, were basically saying that's I think the other thing about, uh, about this record is like, and I think one of the things that started, I mean, we were talking earlier about there's this. There was this. We should probably talk about the negative thing, and this is why you. This is why you can never really trust critics because they're just frequently wrong. But uh, including myself, they weren't there uh, when, when the music trust was a being word, I'm created. Saying. But yeah, no. So like, this is this guy Robert Christgau, and he's like, nobody knows who Robert Christgau is if you're not like a music critic. But two music critics. He calls himself the dean, or he is called the dean yeah, of music criticism. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, he did a lot of good work, but anyways, if you give, I'm sorry, like, if you give the a C plus in your review <laughs> it disregards your entire body. If, hey, I mean, so what, right, wait, yeah, wait here's the, the, the thing. Thing. Me, damn sure. What is he giving to A plus?
3: Oh, like, to his credit, he gave like you know a lot of hip hop classics yeah. good grades. But here's but, the thing. Wait, and and I'm Which ones it.
4: though? Like with, me, like Jay Z? Reasonable doubt. Here, let me. read uh, I don't know. I want to say
3: like early
1: Eminem. He was Eminem. On board he loved. Well, let me read the review. And this he is was a, on board with it, but he doesn't like the Chronic. Yeah. Well, this is the review. Eat a bowl of C the Chronic, Interscope, 1992. The crucial innovation of this benchmark album isn't its conscious naturalization of casual violence. It's Dre's escape from sampling other rappers, as they call it, to promise to create their own musical environments, usually without revealing how much art and how much publishing fuels their creative resolve. But Dre is the first to make the fantasy pay out big time. The world he hears in his head isn't the up-to-date P-Funk fools. Say they hear, that would be too hard. Instead, he lays baseline-ready mates under simulations of Bernie Worrell's high key B sustain. Wah, wah, a wah, basically wah, 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 irritating... Wah, wah, wah sound that in context always signified fantasy. Not reality, stone self-loss, or a best or a best drain ever approaches. I can't believe he uses he uses the phrase grandiose jive. <laughs> like, and then, uh, wow.
3: This is bell-bottoms
1: and afros music. It's spiritual source of the Blaxploitation soundtrack, and what it promises, above all, is boom times for third-rate flutists. Sociopathic easy listening. Even if it's just, air quote, just pop music, as some rationalize, it's bad pop music.
3: All right, that's so, the fail. That's this the real fail. Does is fucking
1: fail. <laughs> this is what I have
2: to say. I've, I've, dude, I've, I've, I've talked to people that aren't from Los Angeles, aren't from the West Coast, and they're like, I really didn't get this music until I came here. Like, this is something, like, this place is, like, you know, much like Miami or, like, you know, there's, actually, that's, or New Orleans. These, these are cities that you don't really know exactly how the lifestyle is until you actually see it. Like, it's so much, it's so much more different from any other city in America. So, this New guy York. is oh, probably from, where's he from? He was from New York. He's from New York, yeah. Oh, shit. He has no idea. With how, <laughs> dude, this is, dude, fucking LA has more in common with Mexico City yeah, than yeah, it has there's all,
1: I mean there's New always gonna be a difference between you know, know, and New York it, just cause of the like is he white or black
2: yes
4: yeah. <laughs> he's white right yeah. like, because yeah. why I, like I don't like, tell me when I feel this why, I feel like he's trying to like stick up for me like oh no this is like black exploitation you should yeah. like yes, <laughs> yes that's no, what no like, don't, don't, exactly don't speak it. for me I am not chronic <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> yeah, what do you mean I feel exploited I feel enlightened well I feel that's the problem also Chris is supposed
3: to be you know writing about music from all over the world you know all different styles all different cultures i mean this thing like letting him off the hook because he's not from here i mean that yeah, that doesn't fly for me just yeah. did. He
1: just, he just, no, but just didn't get it. It's I'm, just
3: sometimes not, you just don't get it. I'm not that's letting him off was. the hook.
2: I'm just saying that he's fucking, he's ignorant, and he right. had, he had a fucking well, skewed
3: then,
1: perspective so the, then, because so of where check, he's no, from and so, what he's into. So yeah. then, in 2001, his first sentence is, "It's a new millennium," but he's still slime, and he like spells it out like D R E. You know, like I'm still D R E. It's wow. still slime. But that's the point. Like I think a lot of people, I, I think Dre fucked his bitch. That's what happened. Yeah. That's what happened. He, he has, he has a fucking endless grudge. But I, I think the point that he's getting at, and I think this is something We're talking about. Especially because we are talking about why this album is great, and I think like we should right. make the case to talk about why people don't like it, because you know there are people that are Ooh, crazy yeah. and don't like it, but yeah. you know, it's their you know their own thing. But anyways point being like I think you know the misogyny to them like makes it they can't listen to it. Mm. And like I mean,
3: I, I think it's an interesting topic, which we'll probably I mean it, and understandably some of the misogyny is a little weird, like he's like, I heard your mom was a Frisco dyke, you yeah, know, things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like totally. it's you know a lot it's lot of people of, from the bear would never use it. There's, the word lot of, there's a lot of thing. weird yeah, sodomy
1: things in this
2: album that are just just odd, hey, like, but here's the thing though. Like you know? when you look when you're looking at a record, like you can look, look at it as something that plays in the background, yeah. but you have to look at it like a piece of art, right? Yeah, it doesn't have to be And just because just because you don't like, like I hate fucking horror movies. You know, I hate. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. really like gangster movies, as a matter of fact. But you can't really like say, oh, this is a horrible movie because it's right. not the genre you're right. into, right? Like, get the fuck out and of see, here.
4: And that's something that me and James came, coming up. Like, we always appreciate the artist, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever rhyme it is, because you might not like them, but you can't, like you said, you can't say this is whack.
2: Yeah. You can't say that. You can't say, you say it's might not, not crafted like, well.
4: Yeah, because that shit is a dope. It's dopely engineered. It's dopely produced. Yeah. Like, what do you mean Is he, he he didn't have any samples? Yeah. He had, like, great samples in there. Yeah. Now, I mean, he can't play the... Dre just recently learned how to play the keys, so his his musical talents yeah. were, probably weren't that deep on it but come on man Like, but I think the the, raw, with, the
2: rawness makes it even better that it's not all fucking you know yeah. arpeggioed out and fucking duh, duh, thing,
1: like the yeah, chronic it's not like a, like, like, a the, yeah. like
3: the editing on this is fucking amazing like Snoop talks about how they had so many more songs they had so much Dre like picked every single thing for a reason and he you know very carefully yeah. meticulously together, edited yeah, yeah. 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 and
4: that's why I say like it has conscious song, like it has a couple conscious songs and it. okay it's misogyny but this is how. This is reality of how t- with yeah. w- life to me, is. He's
2: like, hey, bro! Every conscious rapper I ever met is a womanizer. How about that?
3: So, like <laughs> the shots it, fired to yeah. keep
2: <laughs> to keep it one hundred and ten. And a lot of times, you know, you meet some of these guys who get to express themselves and say more of the, the demeaning things or say more of the uh, like too short. Like too short is a happily yeah. married man. Uh, you know, he drives a fucking Volvo and owns a barbershop and you know yeah. he he's involved in the community and he's a part of like the PTA. Like whereas like a guy. I would
1: love to see a too short PTA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I would love I to check see this that.
4: out, bitches! Hey, first grade is canceled for the half. For the first half We're of gonna the have year. cocktails <laughs> PTA
1: meeting.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you know, behind behind, like you know, like basically, like you you can't you can't look at the artist and the content is like this is exactly what this person is and the message
1: that they're sending out is yeah. bad. They're just expressing themselves. Yeah, and it doesn't have to know? be like I said. Like it, it just does not have to be moral. It just it does that. You do, I mean, like there are artists though. I will say that sometimes you'll listen to and you can't get past the personality and like I just like Drake like I cannot get past the personality of Drake I just cannot because, enjoy his music. Yeah, because it's kind of soft. It's, yeah, it's just, soft. Yeah, it's not even that. It's just like he's he, it's kind of smug. But that's a different conversation. But anyways, I think we should go in and here's I think for me the best thing where you can you can't really attack this record just cuz I mean this is its first single. We're just going to play nothing but a G thing. We was going to talk about God. that. I mean cuz it's classic. Like, yeah, you're just like what do you this mean? is the first single. Like how do you not how do you not be under the age of 21 I hear this and not just like is, bug the fuck this out this is G-Funk at its finest yeah alright
2: one two to the folks
0: snoop Doggy dog and dr dre is at the door ready to make an entrance so back on up because you know we're about to rip shit up give me the microphone first so i can bust like a bubble compton and
4: long beach together now you know you in trouble ain't nothing but a g thing baby too
2: low death, thinker so we're crazy death row is the label that's pays man unfadable so please don't try to fake this but a uh, fact back to the lake
1: yeah yeah so what Yeah What what does that I mean Yeah Oh man That (laughs) that, that shit makes you want to like
4: Drink liquor Throw gang signs And like Grind on a bitch or something,
1: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Even, even when you're like 11 years old. Yeah, like, like I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but makes you want free. to go grab that cider and shake it up so it fizzes. Yeah, I'm shit. gonna like magic marker like <laughs> the alley. out back like, you're like, I'm gonna cause destruction on somebody's property no matter what I have to do or how pussy it seems. Man, go roll up some grass outside. Get some get some yeah. paper. Roll smoking. Some grass. Maybe this oregano can get me high. I don't know this tea. Uh. I smoke tea. No. I no. wanted them no, because like you you saw this and you finally figure out what the fuck chronic is and you're like, Man. that sounds pretty good. <laughs> like it's a pretty good
3: sale. It's nothing that I ever saw in Minnesota, but I could imagine what that would be like. But the like the video
4: is the like video is- that's the, like the video put with the chronic in the net like what it was in a nutshell put it right like this is what it is
1: I mean that house party at the chronic is still like the right. greatest cinematic party in the history of movie right. it's like that and I mean the volleyball scene the yeah. Volleyball yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Kenneth Han oh is it yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Kenneth Han right there well, there you go yeah. no, and then there's the getting the girl getting sprayed by champagne by the 40s, by the 40s, 40s which, and that fridge you think about that fridge like all 40s like, and there's like all 40s. golden 40s in there that uh, yeah it's just ambrosia
4: and that's like that's the invention of the two step right there like we're gangsta we're doing no dancing just
3: swaying back and forth two yeah. steps no, with true. your hands in the air that's
1: all it was yeah right yeah, yeah. No, you know yeah it was like the gangsters don't dance like, like boogie that was, su- like where was it, that was where it started they're from they're
3: super immobile in that like they barely move their right. bodies like Snoo doesn't cracking. look at the camera yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, that's why it's so funny too and now I feel like our generation kind of came up on that where everybody was dancing like that and now yeah. it's completely different oh you got, you got to have footwork to
4: dance you got to have footwork now I'm like
1: I don't know what's going on I can put my arm up in rhythm like this wait well I'm not I'm not. You just got to sway your arms like back a, and forth. and kind yeah. to act like you don't care about anything. Yeah. It's like everyone now. Now everyone like, doesn't really care about nothing. Now everyone does the cooking dance. Yeah, <laughs> we, which I which is a more hype <laughs> version
2: of that though, because it's like you just keep your feet firmly planted, you know, shoulders distance apart,
1: and then let the arms yeah. go to fly I know. You know? When the Dougie came in after jerking, I was like, oh, that man, that's <laughs> too much. That's too much. Just like <laughs> I don't
2: know. As hey, soon as the Dougie came in, I was just like, oh, that's for kids.
1: You can't teach me shit. I'm grown. You can't. Teach me a motherfucking thing How to degi. Yeah. So I feel The other part You know We we we, we, I mean, we did forg- you know There's songs in there That we forgot We forgot to talk about The $20 sack pyramid Which is you know, An amazing just, But w- we'll just, glass- just You know Everyone knows this you know <laughs> we, everyone. Talk- we,
4: we, we said the skits You yes. listen to the album You know about these skits You, know, you know what we're talking hey, about you, right. you know But
1: I think we need to talk about The political component Maybe you want to talk a little bit About that Introduce some of the songs That white people aren't allowed To say words of On air Oh yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm like, not saying that shit on air Why not Do you <laughs> This should,
2: you make this shit go viral. Because I, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> this is not the champs podcast with Neil Brennan from the Chappelle Show, So you gotta I, I keep was that up. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. fucks with
2: Neil. I, I, I forgot exactly the, the name of the song. What's that shit called? No, oh, the, the Daddy Niggas took over. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the day that yeah the day the niggas took over. N i g g a z. And
1: uh, that was you know think about like shit like that is when you hear it like it was I mean it was. It was a very, it was a message song. It was like this yeah. is for once when they, I, if I'm, if, if my memory serves me
2: correctly, the they start off with like you know a little quick speaking skit, yeah. and the dude says like if you're not down for my brother, you're not down for the South Africans, like yeah. you know facing apartheid, like it really like. Uh, well at least I remember You know the Black Panther thing They were like They, they were like You know reading stuff About Algerian uh, Fucking uh, What's it called uh, Decolonization And with the whole Gangster thing They kind of try to take The intelligence out of it They try to say that There was no world uh, There was no uh, You know consciousness like About African what's going on In the Afro-consciousness world
1: Afro-consciousness Of like you know At the time there was right after cross call. You know what I mean It was yeah, like
2: Yeah it was that, And yeah. so like they try, to, they try to take that away From like the gangster The whole gangster thing But then like They really They really like Like reminded everybody Like no Like like black people all over the world are being slighted is left and right, you know.
1: And uh, then they yeah. went into the yeah, song. Yeah, the documentary was was it was called Birth of a Nation four twenty nine ninety two. Yeah, and it was uh, which documentary? The documentary they, they sampled, sampled from. Oh, them. really? They yeah. Okay. And it was and what happened? I remember they had a uh, it was like a behind the I think it was a behind the music or, or was one thing they did recently on it. And they were saying how like while the riots were happening, they were actually recording the Chronic. And then you know Dre was making music. He obviously wasn't writing, but yeah. a lot of the people involved that in the making of the Chronic were actually rioting, and then they, they would just come came back.
3: in with new studio gear with, <laughs> with yeah with, <laughs> st- with
1: stories though they had stories and they would just be telling them like what was happening so, yeah like, and
3: then this song is like from the perspective of looters and stuff like that. yeah
1: and i think you could really uh, you can hear that in the album because it record it sounds like it was recorded under siege you know mm-hmm. and it literally was so i think we should you know we'll, we'll uh play the song right now
0: I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna end mine. If you ain't down for the Africans here in the United States, period, point blank, if you ain't down for the ones that suffered in South Africa from apartheid and shit, David, okay, you need to step your punk ass to the side and let us brothers and us Africans pull in and start putting some foot in that ass.
2: yeah we were back and that song is called the day the niggas took over and i'm not talking about the day that obama was elected <laughs> Talking the day we ran los angeles yeah where nigga, if, you, if you was in la and you come through the
4: wrong
1: area you're gonna respect this what, skin on that day what was the writing like in uh where you guys where you grew up uh well it
4: was fucked up it was it was <laughs> shit to say the least yeah. <laughs> I know it was like Disneyland but, but, it, was like, like, <laughs> but, it, but it was like we didn't I, On no, in, in all honesty you. we didn't look at it me, me and my age I didn't look at it like oh my god was who I'm looking like Oh, it's free shit getting, like, they giving out shit? Because you see people walking down the street with TVs and, and a bunch of boxes of shoes. Like, oh, it's on. It's just like it's today. Good. It's
1: Black Friday. We're oh, it's Christmas. It. Yeah, now it is. You know like crazy. Like, La, That's how LA has changed. It's like I, 20 years ago. Were, were you <laughs> yeah.
3: just, did you stay in the house or did you, did you well, go anywhere? My, because my, you were like pe- 10 years peoples, old Yeah, something?
4: I was in the house. My peoples was out doing their thing, though. And, like, yeah. they passed on, on guns, uh, steering, oh, everybody had beat in their car. Yeah. everybody everybody had like immaculate stereo systems like you went for whatever you wanted you went and got it that day like it was nothing that was gonna stop you except for the Asians on top of the swap meet with they, with they fully automatics. Uh, and that was they, the only <laughs> thing that was gonna
2: stop you yeah. uh, one, 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 one thing I could one thing I can remember is, uh, is that when I was a kid like I was in the house for the most part you know playing Nintendo but like the store every, every store like within walking distance of my house was on fire yeah. Yeah. you know uh there, there was you know definitely people in the streets motherfuckers just like that didn't have trucks that just end up with trucks that day, yeah. you know, just to get stuff. But oh, I remember my mother w- once it popped off. The only t- only time we really left the house, my mother she left some clothes in the dry cleaner on Crenshaw and Slauson, mm-hmm. and that shopping center. You know where the Rite Aid is, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatnot. The
4: Keyshawn
2: Johnson Center now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not the Keyshawn Johnson Center. That's the big lots one. Uh, yeah, the one, No, no, no. It's not the big lots one. It's Crenshaw and Slauson, bro. Oh, Crenshaw, and Slauson. Crenshaw and are Slauson. Are you
3: trying Slauson? to tell people where not to go, like you yeah. oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh No, no now <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking
2: about your car I'm thinking about Western and something. But yeah, Crenshaw and Slauson got you. Yeah, so we went over there. It's like a a four minute drive from from our house And uh you know, it, there was basically like you know, she went to go get her clothes from the cleaners, you know, before everything really kicked off, and it already kicked off. And there's a guy walking out with her, uh, with exactly. her, cl- with with, well, with all her clothes, you know. And my mom was just like, "Hey, those are my clothes, da da da. You got to give them back to me." She was like holding holding the ticket, and uh, and you know, and the <laughs> guy was just like, "Did she present
3: her ticket to him?" And no, she, you know,
2: well, my mom's kind of sassy, so it really wasn't as tame as I'm making yeah, it seem. But, but you know, she <laughs> she she basically, you know, the, the guy was like, "I can't give it to you." It was like an older Hispanic. Man, and then you know, like, like I was just like, give me the clothes. Man! <laughs> we just started crying and
1: you know, fucking yelling. She got her clothes back and we went back in yeah. the house. I you mean, know. they were riding all the way to the That's interesting. It's, yeah. cra- it's crazy how there's, like much it's changed. Like all these places that were like I mean, I, I think you could drive up until about ninety eight, ninety nine, you could drive around the hood. And like there were still a lot of places that had not definitely not been rebuilt. There's still places that yeah, haven't been rebuilt. There's you know? still are places. Yeah. There's still pieces of property that
2: won't won't be sold. You know, they, they were burned down in the riots and they're just like lots of land. There's one yeah. on, you know, Western and 54th that used to be a McDonald's and now it's a Christmas tree like every year you yeah. know there's a
1: lot of, a lot of pieces Whole well, city was under curfew we were at, like a few days afterwards there was like, tanks on the street bro yeah, no, yeah, there was tank. Culver Mexico, City they yeah. had like the uh, they had National Guard I remember all those National yeah, they, national they, guards got in the Toys arrested. Us at, yeah, yeah, cause cause they, they, cause they, they stopped at Fedco yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Fed oh, they got like, Fedco well yeah but I'm saying they, yeah. they
4: stopped at Fedco yeah. like you know what I'm saying that was Culver City and police and all that were like you go any farther than here we're gonna start shooting y'all yeah we are not playing that bullshit Fedco was which was
2: kind of funny though like you know because it was like alright like it was almost like alright we're gonna contain it to like the, <laughs> we're gonna contain it to the inner city like you, yeah. can, you can destroy yeah. you can you know take your aggression your own
3: out on up. yourself yeah, you know fuck your own yeah. shit up like, and,
4: I, and you know what that's another thing why be like why would you own your own shit in actuality I don't look at it like that yeah. we like okay we fucked up our own city and all this, but so what y'all, y'all got places we can still go yeah. like <laughs> our city's fucked up but we didn't own any of that yeah, like well, the, the agents own that. Like those, those a lot of shit is white on. Okay, we burned down fucking liquor stores and, and drug stores. Without so what, we we, yeah. we robbed surpluses So what? It's, we it's don't more, own it's, any of that.
2: It's more. It's more about the point that was made because after that. The way trials were carried out for police brutality had to change, Yeah. you know. And it's like the
3: look, whole are, police department got overhauled, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, with with the big. I mean, with the Rampart, which basically like, and that's why well, I don't through the Biggie and Tupac. The thing, wise like, made
4: you take notice, yeah, man. To what, yeah. what we're not going to accept, and we and what, and what we, we we will stand for things as the people, no yeah. matter how much gang gang activity is yeah. going on for this for this, for for blackness and for like you know what I'm saying. There's we will justice stand.
2: Period. Yeah, and you know that's, that trips me on about like where we're at in modern times, like with the Occupy movement, which was like you know year ago or yeah, so yeah. and okay. like you know the the police brutality in orange county like the reason why nothing changes is because no people does. you know they they're 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 so much more docile than they used to be you know like yeah. in france or in whatever yeah. they'll write in greek all the austerity they'll write measures they've anything, anything, anything in italy you and can't even take a
1: train half the time because there's always a strike yeah there's a soccer And game. now we're like communists and you're like oh man they're actually trying to get like and that's the thing
4: because like like we in in in, in America probably for sure Like there's no real No real revolting going on like nobody, everybody's well, it's money. afraid it's, to you know,
1: it's it's money. It's all about yeah. money now. And like, it was. And and we, we should stop talking up. this before we get blacklisted. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's like, let's, like, let's, let's yeah, keep it serious. Yeah. but all right. The well, I think we should go into you know we, we mentioned the story and kind of like and I think Little Ghetto Boy of all the song and the stories in the album, I think that really obviously you take that was Don- really well written. Who wrote that? Let's see. Well, Donnie. Ha- I mean, obviously it was Donnie. Hathaway. No, no, song I mean, song I mean the verses. Who wrote the verses? Who wrote the verses? Snoop wrote the verses. Oh my god. Yeah. uh... yeah, and Snoop and D O C. Snoop
2: replaced. I, the the, necess- the necessity for a guy Like Ice Cube And Dre's life And yeah. Dre learned From working with Ice Cube And DLC Each and DLC. time exactly. And DLC Yeah he, he learned By picking guys like Snoop Getting guys like M Like 50 was the last Kind of guy He wasn't as helpful to Dre As M Snoop And Ice Cube And right. DLC were You know Because well,
1: I think ED, Well and I think This is what we're About to get into But it's, they, those guys Had narrative ability And like right. 50 yeah. didn't really Have narrative ability Like that no, Like no, 50 no. was He's all about value you. And
3: anymore and, and yeah. shock value and there, Now anything. there's Kendrick But I guess Kendrick Is more his own thing And Dre is sort of I, think, I, I even think Kendra can help Dre though, because
4: Kendra grew up in 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 these streets, in these in these times where he can give a, a real insight to Dre. Like he can write for Dre and give a real insight to like I know what, you, even though I don't rap like you yeah. know, I didn't come from that area. Because Dre,
1: Dre lives on era. a floating yeah, fortress yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, well, let's let's play a uh, little get boy before the floating fortress was uh, <laughs> was built.
0: So, all of you Africans, all of you Africans. Are- the Jerry girls. Quit for yeah. no it's own quit paying motherfuckers for Every save your money, your man. i yeah. black man. Every black man. Every black for this right
4: a I'm a right. Wake up! Jumped out my bed. I'm in a two-man cell with my homie, little half dead. Murder was the case that they gave me. Dear.
2: All right, we're back. You just heard "Little Ghetto Boy" off of the Chronic, not the Chronic 2001, not the Chronic 2000. If anybody remembers that one.
4: Yeah,
2: oh, that <laughs> was crap. Yeah. But, yeah, I
1: mean, so what did that? I mean, what did you think that song like? I mean, the, the, I, I think mean, the writing
2: sure, yeah. was. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a go. I'm, a, I'm a go on it from a rapper's standpoint. I think the writing was impeccable. I think, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know, like who, who wrote that? Was it just Snoop that Snoop wrote all Snoop those and Snoop D O C and Dre. Snoop and well, it's Snoop D O C and Dre, but you know, the, who Dre wrote, wrote, wrote lyrics the lyrics. Dre don't write. Dre yeah, don't write. yeah. Don't write. every dude like like i mean the all all the characters that were uh in that in that story like none of them were the victim none of them were the aggressor they're just like you can really just look at at those people and just like imagine their lives you know yeah. uh while they're explaining this That's how
4: because the song is called little ghetto boy I mean, we were talking before like how do you feel like the chronic affected yeah. the area well well before this album gang culture affected the area and this is who you have you have mm-hmm. this little ghetto boy where you grow up you see, you see the gang members outside. You see the drug dealers outside. You see that's that's who you want to be like. So in turn, Snoop's verse he ends up in the pen, which is where you will end up yeah. doing that lifestyle. And like that's like he gave a gra- like a, a vivid account of what, what what goes on in the pen, which is actually accurate. And for for the that's just it's just a real thing. Like it's. That's a real little. It was like a, black versus boy. Mexican
2: riots at that time, bro. Yeah, but I'm just like, saying, like, far
4: as this, in, in in the sense of like the little ghetto boy, that's that's a, the, the the story of a ghetto child, man. Like you, you grow up. Say if you grew, born born and raised in in the ghetto, it's not a hundred percent of the time because James is, is a prime example of that. But the majority of these kids that grow up in these areas, they grow up. You start going to juvenile hall. You start doing all this. You start fucking up, getting kicked out of school. Then you end up in the penitentiary. Then bam. Then you become, Then you have Dre's. This all. This all. You can make this all one person. Because yeah. like after doing in the pen, then you have Dre's. Dre's character where he gets out and now. He's like the man because. You do have a certain kind of stature because I did six years. Yeah. So when I get out, I mean, my homies look at me a certain kind of way. I don't choose to go down that road and road to do that shit again. But I have a certain prestige and respect because my you homies. Have, you have now, act- you
2: have actual actual stripes though.
1: You're, you yeah, know. for sure. But because yeah, yeah.
4: I, I did what I did beforehand. But say so if I got out and and try to like push a regime on on the little homies, they're not going for that. Yeah. I could, I'm like okay, we you the older homie and all that, we respect all that, but you're not gonna tell me what I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm like saying like that that whole song is like a real account of what could really happen. like what that's a real story. It's not no made up yeah fake like fairy tale shit.
1: I mean and I think that's what I mean that's like that's a human, I mean to to think that the same ideas still apply, and I think yeah. is that what gives it a timelessness. Yeah. You know, for sure. you can hear I mean like look, nothing but what you think is a great song. And like obviously Let Me Ride is amazing. I mean Dre Day is like, like one of the hardest days ever, but what gives it, I think, that extra quality, which makes people consider it as one of the greatest albums ever made, is that that human element. It brings it all the way back home. Yeah. And
2: and the fact that here's the thing, like I, I don't know the the critic's name that you're uh, re- reading, reading. Robert before, Crisco.
3: But basically, Never it's like how
2: how can you call it like black exploitation when like th- this this song, which is like I feel like is uh this that song is like the meat and potatoes of, of conscious rap on on a gangster uh yeah. on a gangster rap record. It. It ends with the you know the the black exploiter the, the the gangster in a bad position each time. They're not telling kids, not glorifying it, yeah, or anything. That. It's just like, look, you you do crime, you go to jail, you get out Man. of jail, you try you try to push that on, on younger kids, you get shot and die. Yeah, like this I, is what happens. So, to yeah, Robert,
4: I, yeah, don't speak for black people, bro. <laughs> You're not exploiting us, homie. That's yeah. our life. That's yeah. that's real life in Los Angeles at them times. It's not exploitation.
1: Yeah, and it's not Get for everybody. It's just somebody's perspective. So, I think we're gonna wrap up now uh, with uh, you know fired. a little bit about. I mean, where do you think like we were talking about its posterity, its timelessness? You know, where do you put it in the, as among the greatest albums ever made? Like you know, whether you want to define it as a West Coast gangster rap album, whether you want to define it as a rap album, whether you want to define it as just an album period? Like, where would you kind of say it is? Um, all right, so uh, I, I'd have
2: to say that, uh, it's, it's, you know, just as influential as any record that ever came out in the nineties. It's more influential to me than, like, uh, Ilmatic, which is, like, kind of a music snob, or music snobs record. It's about as influential as, uh, 36 Chambers or Nevermind in terms of, like, youth culture. Yeah. And it, like, it changed the way people dressed, you know, it changed the way, uh, the way people, who people hung out with, how they identified other youths, you know? Yeah. It changed the way, it changed the way everybody partied and uh anybody who doesn't think so was probably way out the loop you know yeah
3: yeah i mean i agree it's uh in terms of its influence it can hardly be touched you know on either coast i mean i i used to live in new york and new jersey and all the rappers there too are talking about you know what are you trying to do with your career and they're like oh we're, I'm going to make the next chronic, you know <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not just its influences yeah. spread all well, over the world. That story
1: that I you know wrote in the weekly like Freddie Gibbs was like you know if he wasn't bum- bumming the chronic he wasn't shit and that was in Gary Indiana and then he went and added and he was like everyone says they're going to make their chronic he's like you're not going to make a chronic he's like that was a one time thing right and I think I think I think the like the thing you take away is like. You know, if you're looking at anything that is timeless, like it does reflect like that moment in time, and like you find the human kind of quality in it, which I think it did really well, and
3: and it doesn't sound dated either. I mean, no. you can look at so many albums from the early '90s, and um, totally. this sounds like it could have been made today. I, be- I, I
4: say, I mean, my my outlook on it is, I just feel like it's it's definitely. I don't think it's the like I, I'm not going to say it was the greatest album ever made, but to to Los Angeles, as far as a county, that was like that was the album that shit set so many standards so many tones and like The Chronic is is, will forever be a Los Angeles classic man like no matter if nobody outside of here respects that or or wants to accept that but in our city that hands down that's, that's, that's number one album
2: yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's what we think. That's what we feel. This was shots fired. We're here with writer and editor of the LA Weekly, Ben Westoff. We're here with card carrying badass and good rapper Marcel Carrión. Um, you know, got my partner in crime. You know, amazing writer uh, Jeff Weiss and myself. No can do. This is Shots Fired. We're on Earwolf. Download all our old podcasts. Download
1: our new podcast. If you don't like it, eat a bowl of dicks. Download Ben Westoff's book, Dirty South. Oh, yeah.
3: That's right, yeah. Or buy it
1: at a bookstore.
3: No, there no, download it. I get more money that way. Right. Yeah, Dirty hey, South. Download it.
2: And then, hey, <laughs> dude, just uh, fucking Google uh, Why Not's uh, You know, song, for, the song that he made right when he got out. It's called Rebetica. Uh, you can look it up on the Hellfire Club Sound, SoundCloud.
3: Take care. <laughs>